Fine Dining, the search for the most mediocre restaurant in America, is a podcast where comedian Michael Ornelas is traveling the country, eating at all chain restaurants in search of the perfectly average 5.0 out of 10 dining experience. The objective middle threshold of where bad becomes good. Friend of the Doughboys, Marissa Pinson and John Glover were the most recent guests as they reviewed Costco's Food Court. It's a two-part episode that covers everything from discontinued menu items to how many Costco hot dogs they could fit in their mouths. Damn, I wish I was on that episode. I'd crush that. Head over to linktree.com slash fine dining podcast, uh, F-I-N-E-D-I-N-I-N-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, and click B's giveaway to enter a giveaway for an all-expenses-paid trip to your local Applebee's, the current frontrunner for the most mediocre restaurant in America at 5.02 out of 10, for you and up to three of your friends. And you can watch or listen to Fine Dining on your platform of choice while you're there. Enter by May 1st, and the winner will be announced on the May 8th episode. Disclaimer, $50 will be provided for transportation along with a $200 Applebee gift card. I love doing those fast read disclaimer things. Go give fine dining a listen. The search for the most mediocre restaurant in America. This is a HeadGum Podcast. another episode of high and mighty it's me your boy the number one fuck boy johnny g standing six foot two three hundred and something pounds hasn't weighed himself in a long time due to light depression from the south shore of nassau county long island that probably explains the depression it's john cabris all you gotta do is trust me Jackson, Maine, I do trust you, but you're such a dated reference at this point. Abortion is healthcare. Okay, I see you've progressed in life. I like that. Also joining me in the High Mighty Studios, Manila Silent Coast, Arthur Gabris. Arthur, give him a shout out. Just kidding. Arthur sleeps seven hours a day on the couch, snoring loud enough that I can hear him in the other room with headphones on. Also joining me in the High Mighty Studios, not snoring, but making me entertained via writing for the ringer, it's Alan Siegel. Hello. I've been waiting to hear that live for a couple of years now, and it did not disappoint. I yeah, for the you. listeners, he came. Uh, he collapsed, and he clearly <laughs> orgasmed. Uh, we've edited it out, but uh, and now we can uh, uh, rebuild ourselves and connect again like normal beings. Yeah, you, you took out the bathroom break I needed, so that's great. <laughs> right, thank you. Uh, <laughs> Dude, thanks for – long time coming. We've been chatting for a long time, so I'm stoked to finally have you on. And uh, – it's rad, it's rad the parallels we've learned we've had over the last year or so over uh, in- instant messenger is what I almost called it over the internet. <laughs> so with, old. With, our, <laughs> with our generation, I, I think that fits. But I, but I've been meaning to tell you this for for a couple of years now, which is I think we grew up pretty differently in a lot of ways. But I will say that there's nobody on any podcast I've ever listened to that their childhood just feels more familiar than you and <laughs> it really really every time you talk about your two brothers i think of my own I, I yeah i have two brothers my mom had three boys in four years which in Whoa. 2023 sounds absolutely insane but she's uh, a saint for sure well you guys <laughs> are so close in age too where do you fall in this breakdown 
So I'm the oldest. Fuck uh, yeah. Yeah. The so, most so, neglected. Yeah. <laughs> so it's so funny because I like I had weird perceptions of the birth order. Like my middle brother, who's 18 months younger than me, he was like the attention hog. And I always thought middle children were the most got the most attention, but then everyone sort of said, no, 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 they're the ones who usually are forgotten. And then my youngest brother is four years younger than me. Oh, that's rad. Yeah, my uh, I've talked about it before, but my middle brother is two and a half years, and then my youngest brother is like seven years or something like that. It's kind of like a weird breakdown. Wait, if I'm 41, he's like, yeah, it's like six or seven years. I should just straight up know this by now <laughs> as a professor. <laughs> Maybe uh, one minute of research before I come on the brothers episode. Of I I <laughs> well, I, I figured this was like such in your your blood or something that yeah you you wouldn't really need i mean i i wrote down a bunch of stuff because the stories are endless like if my friends listen to this i'm a little afraid they'll know every fucking story that i tell so it's uh <laughs> That's it's fun. like my <laughs> i mean if you listen to my podcast you're gonna know every story i tell and listeners <laughs> of this podcast are luckily they all have goldfish brains so every week it's a whole new fucking belief to them yeah <laughs> Yeah, I've, I've enjoyed my role as unofficial Action Boys and High and Mighty correspondent. Where I yeah, I, appre- <laughs> I, I appreciate uh, we you got you got the big shout out about uh, we we talked about you on the uh, post Basic Instinct Shadow Wolves because you had the fucking inside scoop on the Bart Simpson keychain, which was like the amount of bullshit that Action Boys listeners send us. It was like you are literally on top of a mountain of garbage, but you are the king of this garbage mountain for that because that was the most interesting and like relevant uh, message I've ever received about the show. <laughs> well, well, just to, to, to fill everybody in. Yeah, all right. Um, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, no, th- th- there's a scene in Basic Instinct where Gene Triplehorn's character has a Bart Simpson keychain, and I happen to be writing a book about the Simpsons, so... I had interviewed Paul Verhoeven for something in the past, and um, I sent a note to his assistant asking about the Bart Simpson keychain, and I got a note back directly from from Verhoeven, and he said, it's really funny, I've never seen the show before, he's, he's Dutch, so his prop master <laughs> somehow just put that in. It's such a distinct image, like that even and if it, it means nothing. That, yeah. Right, and it even stands out inside of the movie. Like, it's like, it's not even funny, like, now with time has passed. It's like an unusual choice in the moment, and even funnier now with what Basic Instinct has become and Simpsons have become, sort of like, one's an institution, and the other is, like, legendary for a different reason. Yeah, and it's it's so funny, because you're right, it somehow sticks out like a sore thumb, despite the fact that Bart Simpson is like the most iconic image of the nineties. Like, like it, it's right, right. wild, but it, 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 yeah, I don't know how that happened, but yeah. Yeah. The movie seems to be devoid of pop culture in a way. So like, I think that slice in kind of like startles you a little bit. Uh, big, big Verhoeven fan over here. Love all his shit, man. Uh, I'm a, that's so rad that you got to interview him and also pretty fucking cool that you're writing a Simpsons book. You, you, you said you wanted to wait until uh, the show wraps to uh, put it out, right? So you have about another twenty five years on the on the typewriter. Yeah, it, it it's crazy because I am almost embarrassed. Like I didn't when I first saw like Starship Troopers, another Verhoeven classic. I had no idea it was a satire. I think I was probably fourteen or fifteen. It was like I, I didn't really get what made him great. I mean, of course, I love Total Recall, but. I oh, I love I, I love Total it. Recall and Starship Troopers for all the wrong reasons. Like, <laughs> like I always I always talk about this where it's like I was like a 13 year old boy who like 
hated internal affairs. Like, yeah, you got to let the cops do their job. It's like no child should have an opinion on internal affairs. The media I was consuming was just like, and so watching Starship Troopers now, like with the lens of that, it's either it's it's really funny because I've I've seen this argument played. So before we get into brothers, having a super extended conversation about a movie is almost an homage to growing up with brothers anyway. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah. Well, well, the, I think I've told you this before, but watching or listening to you guys on Action Boys talk about these movies, it, it's like I'm back in my basement with my brothers, except it's just like a hundred times funnier. So that's <laughs> yeah. mission accomplished. We're funnier than <laughs> the Siegel brothers. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I, I, People say that Starship Troopers is obviously, uh, you know, satire, but also some people would say it's an in-world propaganda film. Like it's pulled from the world of Starship Troopers and presented as a straight, that's a straight up propaganda movie. And if you look at it from that lens, it's like, it's interesting. I mean, it's, it doesn't take away from Verhoeven's uh, POV in any way. It still kind of expresses the same anti-fascist views, but it just does it in a way that's even wildly like even of a like a different an angle i can't even really articulate any further than i just did <laughs> yeah i mean it's basically hyper fascist as a way to be anti-fascist which is i, I could see why 14 year old alan siegel <laughs> in suburban boston might might like not understand the bugs and all that shit but yeah, yeah all i cared about was cool guns bugs exploding and co-ed shower scene like those are the things that landed on me <laughs> Denise Richards, my hero, of, yeah. you know, when I was 15. Yeah. Total Recall had uh, had Sharon Stone, three boobs and a guy who lived inside of another dude's stomach. Now, with hindsight, you're like, oh, I understand a little bit more about what this movie was trying to say. But at the time, I was just like titties, uh, sleazy, you know, like I was just into all that shit. When I when I interviewed Verhoeven about that movie, I kind of got the courage to ask about the three breasts on the screen. And he. <laughs> He went into this long spiel about how it was the, the inspiration was a medical book that he read in, in, in Holland. And it was like, I just couldn't grasp what he was saying. And it was like a little too much, but that's him, I guess. So yeah. it's pretty wild to find someone who's thought about the three boobed lady more than yourself. Right. It's like, and the only, and the only person is the director of the film. Like, <laughs> It's like a one, you know, it's like, right. It's like, cause, cause if you, ta- if you talk to boys, uh, boys, if you talk to men ages, like, I don't know, 30 to 55 and you say total recall, that is absolutely the first thing that is brought up. Like, like it just is. And it's, I don't know. Guys are disgusting. It's yeah. I, I bet you though it is. It is such iconic imagery at this point that it probably crosses gender and age lines. I feel like it's probably the strongest visual from the movie. If I had to rattle off strong visuals from the movie, it's that. It's Quato. It's two weeks. Two weeks <laughs> as his head opens up, and like I'm not sure what else. Maybe the cab driver. Unf- that's not actually. You know what? That's not even as iconic as the rest. But uh, uh, so I'm gonna add the like. Oddly, like that X-ray thing that like actually looks futuristic that he walks through. And oh like yeah, the, that, the itchy and scratchy X-ray machine. Yeah, yeah, where exactly. kinda, and, yeah. Then, <laughs> and, and then uh, Arnold's like head blowing up or like oh when back, he gets you know, in then, the yeah, in the dream yeah, sequence in the Mars. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, that's a good one too. Uh, um, <laughs> so here I'm gonna tie it, connect it between movies and brothers. One time, my my brother, two and a half years younger than me. A thing we used to do at a boredom in a pre-internet, pre-phone age was sleep on each other's floors. 
so that we could talk because we once we had we grew up sharing a room and once we didn't have a room anymore every once in a while we would sleep on each other's floor to like to, to, to have conversations to chat before dad got home from work or after dad got home from work and we were still awake and one time me and my brother he slept on my floor and we did word for word cable guy we even were like no 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 we forgot we were like we forgot the fucking uh, Scrabble scene or whatever. We forgot the uh, category scene. And we went back and like now I couldn't even fucking remember shit and I just read the novelization <laughs> recently for some stupid reason. But I remember just doing that and being like, this is so normal and now like looking back on that, it's like that's cra- that's like it's a very weird it's a very weird behavior but it was like a proto podcast. We were just like literally just ch- talk- talking for as long as we possibly could about Cable Guy. <laughs> so this is crazy because we all had our own rooms. We were lucky. Um, but my youngest brother would like to sleep in my room all the time. Like he was four years younger. So he would come in. And again, like we were like when you're, you know, when you're 16 and 12 or 12 and eight, like that's a pretty big gap. So we weren't we weren't quite bonding that closely over like movie lines, but I will say, and actually I have a question for you. This is going to lead into a question, but um, my grandmother, when we were, I was probably seven or eight, bought us the VHS of major league, which was oh. a completely in, inappropriate movie to buy kids. Cause, cause the box has a baseball on it. That's the most grandma so, should ever. I know you yeah. like baseball, Alan. Here's a fucking porno featuring Mike Piazza or whatever. So, yeah. so that was the first like nudity that we saw in a movie for sure. But we watched that movie like, 400 times it's probably the movie i've seen the most in my life and i'm curious like what was the movie for you guys that you watched the most could you Uh, name it for the three (laughs) of us it's it's probably hot shots okay and we we and we've watched hot shots together and separately hundreds of times and specifically together one of the ways we've watched we've watched it multiple times where we're standing in front of the TV next to the VCR or DVD player later in life, rewinding and jumping back and going, no, 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 no. You talked over it. And like jump and like watching jokes over and over again, predicting them and being like, Jason, if you're going to fucking say that, jump back, jump back. It's like, all right, wash out dead meat. It's like, no, 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 no. Go back, go back. I want to hear it. Like hot shots. That movie fucking with my middle brother is a closer in age. The youngest one is like too much younger for us to have bonded when, when we were, he was just our straight up like pet, like our guinea pig, our like yeah, right. We were just home alone. We'd be like thirteen, ten, and four, and we'd be like, "All right, <laughs> all right, brother, here's what you're doing today. You're pissing on the dog, and you have no choice. Like, <laughs> we're gonna kick your ass if you don't. We don't get to watch you urinate on the dog." And it's like, my mom's like, "What did you guys do today?" <laughs> so we used to make uh, our youngest brother, my youngest brother Brian. We would, it's it's almost cruel in hindsight. We'd be like, "Hey." uh, See that little Fisher Price car, you know, like that those red like plastic with the like, yellow like, roof and the yeah, like steer. the cozy. Yeah. I think it was called the cozy coupe. Like, um, <laughs> hey, uh, go go off that jump right there. Uh, go go try the jump. Like, you go first off the jump. And he would do it, and he would be like tears streaming down his face, and we're like, okay, we're not going to do the jump because he was the the guinea pig, and you know, he got his revenge because he's the tallest of the three of us and the best athlete and Hell yeah, the, yeah. Best, the best SAT scores and the best looking. So he, you know, he, he, he earned that and it's, it's crazy. Yeah. It's even just a victory once you're 40 to be the youngest brother. Like you don't even have to be the best looking, most successful. Just my brother being six years younger than me is like, you have no idea, man. It gets so much worse. <laughs> he doesn't know what's coming yet. Yeah. Major league is a great one. 
because it's also kind of all over the place referentially. So you can get yourself into a spot where you're like weirdly learning about a lot of stuff. You know, you're like, why do I have so many like uh, offensive Haitian jokes on tap? And it's like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have grown up watching Pedro Serrano hit <laughs> miss curveballs. But that movie is that movie is wildly is so so perfect. The Action Boys, we watched that on our uh, retreat, and it was just like that movie is pure nostalgia. Like casting, like the fact that it's about baseball makes it feel like a pastime already. And those sports movies that were funny were like a weird way in because you're like, Mom, I'm watching a sports movie, and then it doesn't feel as like weird as when you're watching Cable Guy or Dumb and Dumber or term or anything with like violence. You know, you're like, oh, just a sports movie, Mom. Yes, it features. My favorite line of uh, my favorite joke of the whole movie is, "I feel like a fucking banker in this." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with the, the sleeveless, yeah, the yeah. sleeveless jacket. Yeah, Vaughn is in like said, a tie think, with a sleeveless leather jacket. Yeah. I feel like a fucking banker in this. <laughs> I think that's the scene where he says to to um, Berenger, he's like, "You want me to drag him out back, kick the shit out of him?" He's, he sees, um, <laughs> yeah, know, it's Rene Russo's b- boyfriend. Yeah. Anyway, it's for an audience of yep. two, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, please, this is pretty much the premise of the podcast. <laughs> an audience of two with John Gabriel. Right? Yeah, right. It's me and the guest. If other people listen, fine, but I'm here to just hear more about. Now, uh, we're similar in age. So, what was your like? I had the weird, another layer that I didn't realize that was different for me than a lot of other people. Uh, as I got older, a lot of people's. Of my parents' generation had a stay-at-home mom. I had a working mom, but also specifically, my parents worked weekends, which not a lot of parents did uh, of my of my friend group. So I had like we had this like weird thing where it'd be like a Saturday, and it'd be like from th- and the the lap was like my dad had to leave for work at like one ish, and my mom got home from work at like seven ish. So we would constantly have like these gaps like where we'd be like all right we're just alone the three of us like full access to the house full access that's how come we end up watching so much shit that we shouldn't have watched like i there was probably one part full-blown feral like children move and then probably in hindsight with some adult uh, with some adult experience probably a little bit of guilt on my parents behalf where they're like, yeah, watch whatever you want. That's going to keep you guys safely in the living room for two hours. Then yeah, put on whatever the fuck you guys want. Rent whatever you want from blockbuster, like rent whatever you want from Palmer video. You'll be okay. (laughs) So we, my dad was an engineer and my mom was a stay at home mom for a while. And then she went back to work when I was probably in middle school. She's an art teacher. So it was like pretty traditional in terms of like when they were home my parents would go out on Saturday nights and we had this babysitter who would like go out and meet his friend outside for a little while. And we'd be like, what is he doing? And then he'd come back smelling like cologne and be like, what is going on with Kevin? And it's like, Oh, we finally got it. But we would, so I wouldn't dad, have connected that until like this conversation. You're like a, a brighter guy than I, I'd be like, Oh fuck, you smoking weed or cigs or, you know? <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. He just, he came back smelling like cool water cologne. So it's like, you know, it's like, Oh dude, and, and, I fucking drank cool water cologne in junior high. Cause it was blue and I, and someone dared me and I was like, I think all blue stuff tastes good. And I drank someone's <laughs> cool water. Cool water was the coolest fucking cologne for so long. <laughs> And uh, yeah, it was um, that and Dracar Noir, I think. Was yes. Yeah, yeah. And, I, but Cool Water didn't have as many TV ads, so you were confused. And then when by the time Junior High came around, the sort of 
wealthier kind of like cool kids they were all wearing cool water and i just asked for it for like my christmas and my birthday like every fucking year (laughs) (laughs) so so okay so when i was in middle school my dad um finished our basement and he yeah so he so (laughs) i had a finished basement starting in sixth grade when we moved towns yeah (laughs) so the carpet was the grossest surface on the face of the earth so it would flood every year oh (laughs) and like, like, I don't know. My dad like didn't figure out the sump pump or something. And so we would be down there and we would be playing first, you know, Nintendo Genesis and then PlayStation. But it was like, I think you once described your basement as like a fart box. And that's basically what it was. It was like, okay, so you have brothers. So we have to, so, so we have to talk about this. So was, was farting also like a sport in your family or, or is that just my family? Okay. Uh, we, the one thing. Everyone else, we pl- everyone else played safety and doorknob outside of our house. We didn't play it in our house, though. How first- did you know to bring that up? I was going to tell a story about that game, but you go first. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. We, we never did. Safety and doorknob was like a thing amongst friends, but we kind of removed that from. And I think that's the age difference thing too, because like if I called doorknob, I'm like my brother. I'd like could break his uh, bicep or whatever. But <laughs> farting was like. I would you say sport I would say for us it was weirdly like yes if it was a sport it was like gymnastics it was like the floor routine it would be like <laughs> all right I'm gonna like set up hey whoa whoa and then like let one rip or fart a big thing was because my dad also did this to us too because he was a he was a, like farts were funny to him too he would get you in a way that made you closer to his fart by accident he'd be like you know he'd be like Oh, Johnny, is this yours on the ground here? And I like bend down to look and he'd walk by and like <laughs> fart on my side or whatever. So there was a lot of like traps and then also performative farting. But none of the safety and doorknob shit. Uh we were weirdly, and like not to be too frank, I think because my dad hit us, we didn't hit each other that much. Like we were just like, mm. uh, but we would fight every once in a while, but it was always we like we never really we got mad at each other all the time and we would get physical, but we never really like swung on each other. The age and size difference was always a lot. And also like we it we weirdly as we got older, like gained this power where it was like the three of us versus our parents. Like we 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 realized the infight for I know you asked about farting and now I'm like, my dad is a little <laughs> my dad was abusive, but uh No, keep going, keep going. <laughs> but like uh it used to be because of three boys, and, and maybe you can relate to this, the alliances would shift constantly. It would be like oh, me and Justin versus Jason, Jason and Justin versus me, me and Jason versus Justin. It was always like 2v1 constantly, never every man for himself, always 2v1. And then at some certain age, we were like, with all the alone time we had, I guess like what I'm describing is brotherhood or camaraderie. We like We decided that it was like, hey, they're crazy. They're annoying. We're having the time. Like, why are we fighting with each other when they suck? And like, nothing bonds people like a common enemy, especially if they're your parents. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so so I'm my fiance is an only child, and she says one of the things that's tough is you don't have anybody to have a sanity check with. So, like, my brothers, as we've gotten older, like, if we've had issues with family, like, we can go to each other and talk about it. But and, and back to farting for a second. So, yeah. so, <laughs> so, so the, the, the safety doorknob story that I have is so, so to, to, to enlighten listeners who didn't grow up with uh, shithead brothers. So <laughs> safety doorknob is if you fart, you're supposed to say safety. But if you don't say safety, someone could say doorknob. And then if you, the farter, don't touch a doorknob, they can hit you until you touch the doorknob. 
So yeah. we learned this game at camp, at summer camp, and uh, we would play it at home. And one time I had a friend over, a new friend, and I was like trying to, you know, act cool in front of him. And my dad had picked up on the safety doorknob game and my dad, my dad farted and he just goes doorknob. So he got the game wrong. He didn't understand <laughs> it. Like, so, and, and I was so embarrassed that he ripped one that it was. Um, and the last thing I'll say is you get older and you realize there are two types of families, ones who acknowledge every fart and ones that acknowledge none. And I think that that's like a thing in life that I've learned. Uh, so it's uh, wisdom for me. Yeah, I will sell out my mom here. Uh, when she would fart, she would like make herself giggle so fucking hard. She would try. She was the only one that didn't performatively fart. And but she like couldn't help herself when she would fart. It was still just so fun. And we would just be like, mom. And she would just be like <laughs> tears. My, my mom hell of an audience she can fuck she laughs really hard she's both of my parents are funny and my mom really laughs a lot and she can laugh at herself the most which is i mm. think my superpower i got from her uh i got a lot of negative stuff as my therapist has been telling <laughs> me but i also got this power to really laugh at myself so she she was always like that and, and so all of us and and i have now like this retroactive sympathy for my mom she just like and your mom just lived with four boys four men for one man, three boys, however you want to break it down. That's just like, you're, that's a lot to be surrounded by. So my mom taught in an all girls Catholic school and we're Jewish and the hardest thing for her to adjust <laughs> and the hardest thing for her to adjust to was that it was all girls. She just was not used to girls. The only female in our house was the dog. So it like, it, it, it broke her brain a little bit and she'll tell you that, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean that's a huge gear shift, right? Like if you're just used to like like the energy of young boys versus and now as we get older, I, I mean as society moves on, there's a, li a lot more parallels we notice between uh, all kids, but back then it was so delineated. I mean an all-girl school by definition is like, you know. And that's 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 really funny for that's really funny for her because that's a real like I I I'm trying to say like it's like it's like working at a nature preserve during the day and then going to like a sh like a room with three Dobermans in it at night. Like it's just like <laughs> it's I mean, like the same, same species, just completely different energy. Yeah, <laughs> just total culture shock. Um, <laughs> and so, so, so I, I'm hijacking this. I, I was going to ask Go. you one, one thing. Um, so what's something that like having brothers sort of instilled in you that people think is freakish in your life? Because I've had a couple of these things. I don't know if you can think of anything like Ooh. that you learned, you know, you learned uh, naturally growing up that you didn't realize like really either doesn't have to mess with you, but like change something in you that oh, maybe made you different than other people. <laughs> oh, I like this conversation topic. You, you tell me one while I, I'll fucking think on this, but yeah, there's so gotta be say, something. So the, the number one thing for me is I've had multiple people in my life, usually women, tell me that I eat freakishly fast. Okay. And I think yep. the answer, <laughs> it's so obvious because if we, if I didn't reach for the food as a kid, it would, it was gone. There were no leftovers. You know, when you have two brothers and we're so close in age, it was like, we were always just like fighting for that last scrap. And so I still, to this day, it, it is a struggle for me, especially at a restaurant when like, you know, that's your, you're there to eat. So it, you know, you don't want to like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to ruin it, but 
it's to a point where I've, again, I've had, it's like those, you know, I need one of those bowls that the dogs have to not eat too fast. It has like a little maze in it. To, yeah. So. yeah. Put my, put my Irv's burger in a fucking, like wrap it in a towel. So I have to, it like, keeps me busy for an hour. Uh, dude, that is, that is so fucking realistic. And uh, it would be like, we, we, we didn't, we were not, we didn't have a lot of money growing up. So we ate like, kind of like, not great but every once in a while we'd have like fun stuff and that's when it would be turned on like no one would be like reaching for a second round of frozen string beans steamed or whatever but like if my dad made hot dogs one night or we were having raviolis or something fucking rad like that that was then it would become a little bit of like and you weren't allowed to in my house you weren't allowed to have seconds of anything unless you ate everything first like Mm. you couldn't get more ravioli if you still had vegetables so I would say the one power I have, <laughs> which is the positive thing I've got, is I could fucking eat anything. And an, I think I've talked about this countless times, but another thing is like the snack cabinet. Your mom's like, there are fruit snacks in there. And you're like, if I don't eat them all today, I might not get any or I might not get <laughs> as many as I want. So like we would like plow through boxes of che- like my eventually like snacks just kind of went to like. We pretty much had like horse feed in our house. It was just like <laughs> the driest pretzels, Cheez-Its. Like all we had was like whatever was like bulk and on sale because we would just go like huge box of white cheddar Cheez-Its gone in one sitting. And if two of the brothers finished it and the third one wasn't there in fury, you know, like absolute drama of like, you guys finished all the fucking white cheddar Cheez-Its. I didn't have any. That's so fucked up. You know, like we and then the sec the next day, me and my other brother would finish it, and you know, and fuck over the third. Like it was constantly, like, <laughs> and there was some level of it that was like, I can't if I might not get to have this tomorrow if I don't eat as much as I can today, which is scarcity mindset meets you know like inter family competition. But it was, I am a fucking gavone. I can eat like a fucking champion. I can just fucking eat so fast, so much. And I can eat stuff I don't like by the fucking gallon, which is like repulsive of me. I'd be like, I'm not even enjoying this thing, and I can have seven thousand calories of it because I like that's just a skill set I got because I wanted seconds of the bagged fettuccine that we're eat- like those fucking like bag like Lipton uh, noodle bags and like rice bags. That was like a go to side like five nights a week growing up. So, like, if we wanted more of the cool noodles, you had to eat more of your chicken and your fucking beans or whatever. And it was like, ah, oh, you know, I just want a fucking <laughs> tray of cheese. You know, <laughs> my parents were also so they're like rules for what we could eat were so strange. It was like uh, no sugary cereals, but we're going to buy six boxes of Pepperidge Farm cookies and they would be gone in like two seconds. It, it was it was a very odd I mean, the kind of shit that we all, we, our generation ate as kids that was purportedly healthy. Like, do you remember bagels were health food as kids? Like, oh, it's better than donuts. You know, it's like, yeah, calories for bagel and cream cheese. It's like, it's like, that's not good for you, but our yeah, school served. I, I ate a bagel and cream cheese at high school, like almost every day for, for lunch <laughs> with Doritos. And it's like, and a chocolate milk. Like I was just fucking the damage, the long-term damage I did to myself as a child, like is just fucking insane. I mean, even separate separating it from the 
sort of behavior building I did just like <laughs> purely like, but separate of that, just the actual toxins I put in my body are just sugary cereals. Really funny. We were never allowed to have sugary cereal either, but we, we were never allowed to have, I guess I should say name brand cereal. We, I see. Yeah. If it was a big bag of fucking like Pathmark marshmallow letters or whatever, like the alpha, <laughs> the knockoff alphabets, we would have like a big, I, uh, a friend came over one time and like laughed at us for having bagged cereal. And me and my brother were like humiliated. We had no idea it was like that corny to have a bag of cereal. We were like so upset. Like we were like, mom, we want cinnamon toast crunch. Like, and like, and of course my parents would be like, all right, four seventy nine for a box of cinnamon toast crunch. First morning we have it. Each of us have two bowls. It's gone. It's like, she's like, I'm not buying fucking cinnamon toast crunch anymore. <laughs> like, fair, fair. <laughs> I feel like having brothers, it, it's having siblings that close. So I just, one thing that I've realized, it, it never felt like anything was really yours. You know, you, you, you had to share everything, e- even toys, even, you know, we would get Nintendo and with three of us. Like there was always somebody sitting out. So it was always, Oh, bro. It was a fight over something, yeah. Bro, we we had luck luckily the youngest was far enough away that for about 2 years, 18 months, he got a lot of fun of holding an unplugged controller. Like not realizing he wasn't playing, you know? Like, like, "Oh, Jay, you're killing it." And he'd just be like having like a a comp- like he would have like an 8-bit Nintendo controller and we'd be playing Super Nintendo and like I'd just be like, "Yo, oh, whoa, Jay, that was you that did that." And he's like, "Oh, I'd be like, "Dude, <laughs> Dude, go grab us more Cheez-Its. We'll time you. I don't want to. It's like, dude, can you beat your own record? He's like, all right, be right back. And then, like, we would eat, like, fruit snacks. And if he wanted some, we would tell him he couldn't have it because it was, like, medicine or vitamins. It was, like, a big lie we would say all the time. Because we all took, we took, like, Flintstones chewables. Like, that was one positive habit my parents uh, put us all in. And it was, like, we took vitamins every day. But when he was, we would be, like, Oh, these are vitamins. You can't have these. And it would be like, you're eating like fucking street shark, like gummy sharks saying uh, we can't. They're vitamins. It was fucking great. <laughs> it, it was always funny watching the, the our youngest brother sort of try to imitate us. And I remember once, because I used to put my chocolate chip cookies in the microwave to like make them warmer. And my little brother, when he was like four or five, put it in for four minutes and it lit the napkin on fire. So I'm glad we're all, you know, alive after that. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, dude, the amount of shit we did where like we like, oh, like break a lamp and then like tell our parents it was the youngest brother, even though like he he's like of an age where he can't even like articulate his own defense. And we'd be like, that was Jason who did that. And, they, and like, I'd be like, um, and because he just wouldn't get yelled at as at four like we right. would. So we'd be like, you have to just take it, dude. You have to. please. <laughs> Also, are you wearing like the, a, are you wearing a predator t-shirt currently <laughs> i am yeah Arnold yeah. It's, it's, it says the hunt or something on the back yeah there you go anyway <laughs> i'm pandering oh, okay? fuck yeah so did you did having brothers also sort of fuck with your conception of what privacy is because for oh, me that's I, I something have, that i'll tell you what that is a perfect call uh, having brothers and playing sports in the 80s and 90s have absolutely changed like my like dude I've, I've told the story before but my mom one time walked into our bathroom we had like my mom in our second house uh my mom lived up my mom and dad lived upstairs and we had like the middle floor and 
she walked in. She heard us all like laughing and talking. Couldn't find us. Opens the bathroom door. And one of us is pissing in the toilet. One of us is pissing in the tub. And the third is pissing in the sink. The tub piss. <laughs> the tub piss was a given. The amount of times one of us pissed in the tub while the other one was shitting on the bowl is like <laughs> is over 100 times. Cause like it's just too many bodies for one bathroom with like school schedules and 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 before dinner stuff. So like my brother would be shitting, and I'd be like, I gotta go. He's like, All right, get in the sh and so you'd get in the shower, close the curtain because we wanted some privacy, and then just piss. Then it eventually just kind of became like, uh, pissing in the toilet at the same time was a big thing. Pissing in the toilet in the bathtub at the same time, and then the peak one was when my brother walked in. He, he I I came in last and still had to go. And I hit the fucking sink because I was the tallest. And my mom just opens the door. And also, this bathroom, by the way, has like a huge medicine cabinet that is mirrored. So, like, my mom walks in and sees the reflection of three of her son's peckers as we're all just pissing in various drains in the house. And it's like that shit is like something you walk in on, like apes doing in an exhibit, like at like the zoo. Oh, for sure. I mean, so we had a my brother had a friend over once, and the friend's mom came to pick pick up the child at our house and she's pulling into the driveway and there is my brother peeing in the driveway like a parabolic stream like like up and down like and this woman is driving it's like it's like i i thought the seagulls had indoor plumbing like what's what is going on and, and it's just like there was no you you get in that zone or something and it's like oh there's there's no rules like we're just gonna do that and it's like boys Pee are fucking disgusting yeah. peeing outside is something that we and I, you know, like you grow up and then other people don't do it. But then you find like pockets of people who are like grown men, homeowners, you know, arguably millionaires. I know urinate off their deck onto their lawn. You know, their kids, their sons walk out and piss on the patio. Just like <laughs> my, my little nephews, my little nephews are like, daddy, can I pee in the yard? And he's like, yeah, OK, go ahead. Like he has to go in. He's like, go the kid is in the house, like closer to the bathroom. He's like, I want to pee in the yard. And my dad and my brother's like, go, 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 go. Like, just go <laughs> before your mom comes home. Like, pissing in the yard, pissing in front of people. Also, having like a working, uh, like my mom taking us to the mall, my mom being a woman and having three boys in the mall and us being a touch too old to want to go into the ladies' room with her. The big thing we would do is urinate in the mall parking lot next to the car right when we got there. And my mom, my mom would call it, use your handy picnic tool, <laughs> which I guess meant because we were boys, we can take our peeps out and, and, uh, or we called them birds when we were young. Oh, I saw, I saw dad's bird when he was getting out of the shower. <laughs> I just forgot that we called them birds. Now I'm recording an action boys after this. So when you listen to the episode, oh, and actually this episode's. So when you listen to the Escape from L.A. episode, I'm going to bring up the birds thing. So just be prepared. <laughs> so, so my my youngest brother, this is a good segue, actually. We've talked about, uh, fart, we've talked about farting and now peeing. Uh, and so when we were in Colonial Williamsburg, when I was Hell in yeah. fifth grade, my youngest, yeah, my youngest brother was in first grade. And he said to my dad, we were like in like one of these reenactments was like a harpsichord player or something. And, and he's like, I have to go to the bathroom. And my dad's like, can you hold it? My brother's like, yeah. And within five minutes, he, there had a big stain in the front of his pants. And so, okay. So this is a segue to something else, which is 
we talked about that for a good 12 years, 15 years. And it's really scary in a way how like stories will stick, stick with you, especially when you have siblings. Cause it's always this pressure point to bring up. And again, he was like five years old and I don't know, I had the luxury of being older. So maybe my more embarrassing moments, I could kind of hide from them. So yeah. yeah, my youngest brother uh, peed his pants in the mall one time and it went down and got his socks. Like it went all the oh. way down his legs that his socks were oh. wet. We called them <laughs> yellow socks for like 10 years. And like, we would bring it up like randomly, like, all right, shut the fuck up, yellow socks. Like eight years after it happened and it, it would hit. I, while drunk on vacation in my, I was like 20. And I said, why is everybody so mad at me? And went to run away. And I tripped over my own underwear and fell into the bathroom. And my that that is now 20-something years ago. Now, I was way too old to be talking like that and acting like that, but it still comes up. It's still 20 years riding. And that that's that, that's them finally having vengeance of being like having the developed brain when I do something embarrassed where they could stick with it. Oh, my my brother barfed once. Like anything that happens. That is kind of like a family legend, just like sticks forever. And then even like randomly, my mom, be- who has a terrible memory, will remember one of these things. And it's mostly because we have been reminding her of it like every six months for a decade. But she'll be like, oh, remember when he puked on and we had to go to the Gap and buy him all new clothes. And we had to then go to the Broadway show in like weird Gap <laughs> clothes. I was like, remember when Jonathan got him? My mom, Jonathan, remember when you got the Mohawk before we were going to see uh, that Broadway show and your father was so pissed off? And it's like, oh my God, oh my God that's like a family legend. Like, and it's just like, <laughs> never goes away. And then like, it, it truly like, it's like oral tradition as as I remember learning about it. <laughs> yeah, and half the details are not true. Like we, we once found my brother when he was maybe five he was not using soap in the shower so we called him a scrub and that was like his nickname for like 12 years and again he didn't deserve that he was fucking five years old but it's it just it's something that sticks and i I don't know that it's just having brothers but maybe it's just close siblings Yeah. yeah i think it's also like that's like friend group shit too like you can it's hard to outbox a nickname you know what i mean like once once you got one it's it's a it's especially something like scrub in reference to what it is you know what i mean like if it was no soap boy that's not gonna hit as hard as scrub will no for sure uh my mom brought this up recently she we were on the phone and she said you know what we were just talking about the other day jonathan remember when you and your brother convinced me that yeah, other, I'm leaving names out of this for safety here. You convinced me that your other brother was jerking off with the belt around his neck. And like even hearing my mom say that phrase, I like snotted on the phone laughing. Me and my brother convinced my mom and she went and had to talk to him about it. And like oh that was God. our goal. Our goal was to get her to go, can I talk to you for a second about safety? Like, Oh, what? my God. So my, my brother had to have a sit down with my mom and talk about how dangerous it is. To choke yourself in the with a belt in the closet while masturbating. <laughs> and it's like, and we were talking about this recently, and we were trying to remember when it was. And me and my brother were like fifteen and twelve, so we shouldn't have even like really known that much about this. <laughs> like, like it was crazy because of the movies you were watching. You like, like you know, if you watch Rising Sun, you know what a gasper is. You know, and the next thing you know, you're like talking about autoerotic asphyxiation as a freshman in high school with your mom. That was one of the best fucking 
We we also one time told her that my dad molested my brother and like tried to get her to believe it. And that one was like fucked up. Like that one I feel uncomfortable like copping to. But while I'm being funny about it, I should also say some of the fucked up shit I did. <laughs> I mean, okay, my, I never went. I never had that moments like that. But I will say that there. This is like super embarrassing. But I went to see the movie Wild Things, and. The first time my best friend and I went to see it, we got kicked out because they clearly were like watching, you know, like if for pe- people are under 18. But the second time my mom bought us the tickets and sat in another area of the the the, the theater. <laughs> now, that movie, if you watch it now, is less a little less risque than like we thought at 15 years old but, oh yeah but, i mean it's like it, it pales in comparison to like a euphoria yeah. episode but it's yeah like, and at the time that shit was like the first threesome i even heard about was on why i cannot even believe that like i thought that that was a good idea that my mom thought it was a good idea that we, <laughs> it was insane i mean this is actually something i was going to bring up too is just the idea of being parents of three teenage boys is just insane like how did we and we were like pretty goody two-shoes like we were goody two-shoes but like how did we we all i bet both of us could tell 10 how did nobody die stories now i I got 10 how did nobody die stories 10 like 400 stories like tangentially related to cum you know what i mean like One time my mom thought she bagged me smoking weed because she's uh, and she was like, I can smell it in here. And we were like, I was like, I'm not smoking weed, mom. She's like, it smells like pot in here. I'll find it. Don't you worry. I'll find it. And she starts like going through my trash, which is filled with balled up tissues. And she's like. (laughs) Oh, this is probably your little. This is where you hide your pot. This is where you throw your pot out. Picks up a balled up tissue and is holding it in her hand. And I'm going like, put that down. Put. And then she thinks she's like getting closer to the case of solving the case because I'm so visibly panicked about this. And I'm like, oh god, I'm not panicked that you're about to find cannabis, mom. I'm panicked <laughs> that you're about to get the fucking snail trail on your hand. So I'm like screaming and I'm like, no, put that down. She's like, what? You worried? And like about to like go fucking like I can smell that. It's, and I was like, eventually had to like come clean and be like come pun intended and be like mom, <laughs> no pun intended. mom no it's it's from jerking off and it's like having to even say that to your mom and she's like then she's like ew you're disgusting and i'm like you're pulling t- tissues out of my garbage it's either boogers or cum like <laughs> my mom was a nurse as well so my mom not understanding all this like biology shit is like even extra fucking humiliating but i think that's like unfortunately like Catholicism and that generation of my mom being like, wait, what do you mean? My boys are just coming on the rug and then rubbing it in with their fucking sneaker. <laughs> that was like, that was my maybe most disgusting habit would be jerking off on the couch and like rolling over and just pushing it onto the carpet. <laughs> I mean, you know, trust me, I'm no stranger. I'm no stranger to guilt uh, in my family either, but well, I yeah. just have this, I just have this vivid memory of, when I was in sixth grade, a kid in the neighborhood had, God, this is embarrassing, had Hustler trading cards. I don't, I don't know if you remember Hustler trading cards. It was a real thing that kids would shoplift from the local comic book oh, store. Shoplifting. And, Shoplifting yeah, and pogs I remember, was our big thing. Yes. Uh, and I remember having these, these trading cards that I eventually felt so guilty about that I buried them in the backyard. 
my and God. they're probably and they're, and they're probably still there. So I'm current. I'm currently looking for my hustler trading cards. <laughs> I used. I bought a bunch of weird trading cards. I might have given them to the Action Boys as a gift. But let me just while I have these out, let me just show you some uh, recent. Uh, here, here's one Demolition Man trading cards. <laughs> here's my favorite terrorist attack trading cards. Educational. <laughs> Did you have any OJ Pogs? Yes, I had the guilty, not guilty slammer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so did we. Yes, we bought them at Al Sports Cards, and yeah, Dave's, we bought Dave's Cards was the name of our place on Newbridge Road. And at Dave, Dave was old, and if one one person distracted him, someone else could fill their pockets. <laughs> you know, like so we would so, like rob Dave all the time. <laughs> the, the the son of the Al Sports Cards owner would every year on Halloween go as a comic book, but it was really just a sandwich board that had Al sports cards on it. So it was a giant advertisement for his dad's shop. So it was, it was yeah. It, what a, what a weird, what a weird time. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's your relationship with your brothers like now as grownups? It's close. We talk a lot. We probably talk every week. We, you know, some of the dynamics are still there, I would say, but mostly we've outgrown a lot of the tension. It's, it's, it's hard to fully outgrow that. Um, to, one of my brothers has kids. Another does not. So Same. Yeah. My, one yeah. of my brothers has two kids. The other one is uh, still very young. Uh, and we actually, me and him have the most in common. Uh, we're, we're more similar as we've learned now that he's like fully developed in his 30s. We're pretty, pretty excuse me. We're pretty similar compared to the middle one. Uh, do you have a, do you have a running text thread with the two of them? Not together. That's really funny. We, we have, actually we have like a WhatsApp conversation sometimes, but it's not. Oh, it's not. So, so we, we sort of do parallel texts. Uh, but one funny thing is, my brother has uh, two girls with a third girl on the way. So it's sort of like a God has a sense of humor type type situation. Oh, that's awesome. Well, weirdly enough, my brother's kids are two years nine months apart, which is what him and I are apart. Wow. And he has two boys, and one the older one is like loud big brunette and flamboyant and the middle the his younger one is a toehead who's kind of devilish which is exactly our dynamic growing up <laughs> which is fucking crazy like it's it's really funny how his kids are so similar to him and I and his wife my sister-in-law is, was an only child and when they were having the second kid about two and a half years uh, after the first one and the same I was like Yo, that's the same age gap as us. I'm like, does you does your sister, my sister in law, name removed here? Does she have any idea what she's in for? And he's like, <laughs> no. And he's like, I, I'm afraid to like tell her yet. I'm like holding off. And now, like now, they're like six and four, and it's like, okay, I think I know what I'm in for. <laughs> it's gonna be. I'm like, wait till thirteen and eleven, seventeen and fifteen. These are fucking crazy. Yeah, I again, I think of these stories. I just I, I I wrote down some stuff and again I re I read these notes that I have to myself. I'm like, how did we survive? I mean, I don't know if you want to hear one of these stories. I, I yeah, the let's Siegel family legend. So <laughs> and I'm curious if it's a Gabers version. So when I was uh, finished my freshman year of college, I was home, and my brother went to a party, and he was, he was responsible. He was in high school. He stayed over at this party, and he calls me the next morning. He had, he had you know, drank at the party. He was, you know, 18. And he said, Alan, did you, did you take my car last night? 
And I said, no. And unbeknownst to us, his two shithead kids had taken his keys and they were going to pull a prank on him by driving the car and parking it in my parents' driveway to like, like Ethan would wake up my brother and be like, where's the car? And find out it was at my parents' driveway. So they were, these two kids were both probably, and I preface this by saying nobody got hurt. So <laughs> they're driving in and they're driving like 90 miles an hour very fast. Cause like one of them didn't have a license. Uh, they're in my brother's car. They hit a curb. They flip the car over. And my dad hears this runs outside and sees two kids squirming out of this car. My, my brother's nowhere to be found. And they ran off to a golf course and the cops eventually tracked them down. But again, this became legend. And so, so I have the news story from the, the local newspaper. If you want me to read the, uh, yes, yes. This is fucking awesome. A, a flipped car where people survived is like one of the best. Yes. And again, and my brother was just at this party and had, had no idea. So, Two, two local youths were cited by police after they took a friend's car for a ride and went off the road Saturday at 7 a.m. The car overturned onto its roof and the youths, who were uninjured, ran from the scene. The boys were caught by patrolman Charles Peabody and Len Lilly of the Public Works Department on the golf course, the Colonial <laughs> Golf Course. According to police, the 1995 Toyota Corolla was owned by the boy's father. Police said the youths were spending all night at another friend's house and they took the car keys while their friend slept. And again, how did nobody die? I don't know, but that's childhood right there. So that's so rad. This is this is not at all similar and, and not a nobody died situation. But you, this is the story that your story triggered. In our twenties, I'm home. Maybe it's a summer. I'm home from college. Uh, me and my brother. This is when uh, my closer brother in age. This is when we really started bonding more. It was once I went away to college, like. Living all at home was like a little much for all of us. We were in each other's way as we were growing up and yeah. we had a lot of different tastes. But then me going away to school kind of freed up my youngest, my middle brother, who is probably the alpha of the family, even though okay. he's the middle one. He's he's my dad reincarnated. I'm pretty similar to my mom, but he's like exactly I look just like my mom, at least, too. Uh we always joke because my mom's Italian that I look just like her, except she has uh, less of a beard, uh, and <laughs> she doesn't love that. Uh, my 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 mom, uh, my brother and I would like not hang out with each other all the time, but like if we we had you know we'd be texting and be like, "I'm out drunk here." He's like, "Oh, I'm out drunk here with Melissa. She'll come grab you and bring us home." And so I was like, "Oh, sick!" Like so him and his fr his girlfriend or a friend Melissa would come grab me we'd be like oh we got to stop at the bodega and get uh, or the deli we didn't know bodega the word bodega and so i went to move to brooklyn and we were like we got to go to the deli and get uh snacks so we got like these jamaican beef patties and 40s and we were like <laughs> we were like 20 and 17 and we got a oh bunch of jamaican beef patties and 40s and she drops us off in front of the house and we're like being super rowdy outside and sh and she's like quiet your parents are gonna hear we're kind of like a little out past curfew and i'm like so drunk and like feeling super powerful i'm like we're standing like right in my house i'm like fuck dad and my brother's like fuck dad and i <laughs> i punched the hood of his car his chevy cavalier is like 91 chevy cavalier and it has an alarm and i don't know this and i punched the hood of my dad's car and his alarm starts going off 
And we're fucking hammered holding all these like beef patties and 40s. We're like, we have to get inside and click the button. And so we go to go inside and we're trying to open the door with our keys. The way my parents lay out of the house is, is that you open the front door to their house and straight in front of you is staircase up to my parents' bedroom, bathroom, and like my mom and the office. And we're going to open the door and the door slams shut and then reopens and it's my father and listeners of the pod or friends of the pod would know <laughs> my dad slept nude and he just rips the door open six foot five completely naked thinking his car is getting stolen you know or someone was breaking into the house and it's us and we're like laughing holding 40s he knows we set the car alarm off like we're the only people around for miles so we say we slammed Melissa's car door too close to his car and it must have like knocked and we were like and he just this is one of the big things I talk I talk about this a lot in uh, therapy and try to talk about it in stand up too is these memories wash over me of just me looking my parents in the eye and just lying just going I don't know I don't know what the teacher is talking about and thinking back being like now that I'm a grown up and my friends has like a 12 year old kid and a 12 year old comes by and I'm like, that kid's lying. And he's like, yeah, I know. And I'm like, it's so obvious to tell when a kid is lying. And I'm still, I'm screaming in my mom's face. Why don't you believe me? Like hysterical crying. And I'm like, I'm fucking lying. And now I, I get, that's the kind of thing that when I'm in the shower, I get like, when I think about that, I get like a chill of like, ah, what a piece of shit. <laughs> well, I, I've asked this question to friends. It's like, how do you get to a point where your kids don't lie to you? Like, is that just natural in your like monkey brain when you're when you're a teenager that you you have to be I don't know oppositional to your parents? It, it's scary in a way. Like, I think about it myself. Yeah, it's an, for for us. It was enormous, and like this is where the therapy part comes in. I am so averse to getting in trouble because of like how strict my parents were growing up mm -hmm. that like getting in trouble is still like the worst thing that can happen to me. And I'm 41 and live my whole life. And I'm still like, well, I don't, I can't handle getting in trouble and getting in trouble might just mean like my wife is upset with me about something or like, Oh, uh, I think my coworker or a colleague or my agent, you know, so I, I, I'm so afraid of getting in trouble. It came from that. So it was like anything you could do to just like, maybe not get in trouble or maybe just delay by one day. Like I'm calling the teacher tomorrow. I'm like, go ahead. She's going to tell you. And then like the next morning you're like, the, t the teacher told us the truth. You're like, yeah, I should have known that was going to happen. <laughs> like, it's a hard thing to learn that the truth usually is easier than the lie. Like it, it, it like, it, you know, it, it might, it might get you yelled at for five seconds, but the, the long game is usually tougher when you're 14 and trying to hide your report card or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Oh, we, we used to do shit like, oh, weird. The mailman must have like accidentally shredded the report card and still put it in the mailbox. Like, you know, like race home before your mom and like crinkle it and like rip up like parts where the grades were. And be like, you know, I can call the school and just ask. <laughs> <laughs> so when when you hang out with your brothers now, I guess in front of your significant others, do they, do they ever get lost? Because like my sister-in-law, one of my sisters-in-law, she pointed out, she's like, you guys have like a shorthand that I just can't keep up with. And it is absolutely baffling to her. And and I wouldn't even think of it. It's like, yeah, it's just really, it's funny. Yeah. The big thing my wife learned from us was she, 
her first few times hanging out with us when we were all when we were just boyfriend and girlfriend, my whole family would be busting each other's balls. Me and my brothers would be really like really mean to each other, and she would like jump in when they were piling on me, be like, "Yeah," and he fucking that that that, and then all three of us would turn on her immediately and be like, "Oh, who the <laughs> fuck do you think you are?" and start like roasting her and like lighting her up. And she was like, you guys are fucking crazy. You're so mean to each other. The second a fourth person tries to do anything, all three of you get your fucking hackles up and come for them. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I think you're describing what Long Islanders would call brotherhood. (laughs) (laughs) Well, New England's like a a distant or maybe a not so distant cousin to that. No, it's it's right there. It's right there. Uh, we're, uh, We're cousins via our aunt, Connecticut. (laughs) <laughs> do you, like do you remember what age like you you started covering for your siblings like i was thinking about that i think it took a because while because you, you start as a rat for a long time absolutely yeah because yeah. you are like if they're getting in trouble i'm not and like that's yeah. all that matters like and it's like you're like every man for himself and then eventually you just get a little bit and, and i think like i was saying earlier it's like when we realized like we, there's strength in numbers let's just be on the same team and then that's when we start covering for each other and like being sketchy and like, you know, like knowing my brother's sneaking out and just looking my mom in the eyes and go, I think he's in there. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> he was home all night. We, we had your brother go last night. He was home all night. I saw him at two in the morning go to the bathroom. <laughs> no, you didn't. Like we caught him out. I don't know what you're talking about. Like just instantly, like ready to lie at the drop of a hat and for to protect each other. It's really funny. But if it, if I would. Any one of us would sell any the other any of the other ones out for something that was funny or or like roasted one of the other people. <laughs> right. Any anything for the joke. I mean, so when I was, let's see, in college, uh, my parents went away to Mexico for my mom's fiftieth birthday, and I had really small get together. Maybe I don't know five or six or seven kids like my age, and my one of my brothers went to a high school party. And again, he didn't drive. So I was like, whatever. I, I was the older brother. I was in charge. And so he comes home and he's drunk. And we're in the basement, you know, the fart box. We're down there, like having a couple of beers, like something very, very, very casual. And he like sprints down the stairs, trips, falls, goes Superman into the wall. <laughs> no joke. Head through the drywall, like between two uh, joists or yeah Yeah. (laughs) like a perfectly circular hole so i'm like oh my god like like he could have hit his head in the wood and so he's like stand him up and i like feel around there's like no bumps he doesn't have a concussion so i put a sign on the wall like i took him to bed and i was like you're in deep shit i wrote this on the sign and he comes down and he like and he sees the sign he says to me then he's like alan what did i do and i was like yeah you better get that fixed so he took, again, you know, we're from north of Boston. So he took his friend who's, whose dad was a contractor, an Italian guy, and to Home Depot. <laughs> and, and he brought a piece of the wall with him to match the paint color. And the, he, you know, my brother went up to a guy at Home Depot. was like, I have a hole in my wall I need to fix. And the guy said, how big is the hole? And my brother put his hands around his head. And he goes, about this big. And so... <laughs> They got a they got a drywall patching kit and they got paint and they fixed it and to this day uh, my parents don't know about it. Oh, and that's they got so fucking awesome! And they sold their house uh, about five or six years ago. No one knows about it, and unless they listen to this podcast, so 
That's so that is, awesome. Yeah, it's my favorite story of my brothers, I would say, because we all sort of had a, a part in it. In a oh, way. that's but, great. What, one time we threw a joint in a planter box that was, or a blunt rather, uh, uh, in a planter box that was on our deck, and it melted through the plastic and caught like some dry leaves on fire, and it, it ended up getting put out, and it wasn't like a big deal, but it, it was so, and my mom goes, she had some friend over who smoked. She was like, it's probably Trisha's. And me and my brother were like, yes, it was. And like to date, my mom has like beef with this woman for like throwing a like for throwing her cigarette. We were like, we just let this woman rot. We were like, fuck her. She's toast. She shouldn't have done it. You're right, mom. Like that was so rude. And we're like, yeah, I got away with it. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I, I remember like there are friends that, my they my parents still think like I was doing drugs with when I was really going to Wendy's like I would say I'm going to Wendy's right and they thought it was like a code word but usually <laughs> it was going to Wendy's but what they didn't realize was that sometimes we I was going with them to buy alcohol with his fake ID so it was like a little <laughs> <Yeah>. so, so <laughs> like they didn't quite know what you know what the what the uh... <laughs> recently my brother reminded me of a a, a funny moment that I uh. A thing we do is whenever I'm back home, it's like one night that I'm around, I invite my friends over and my brothers invite some of their friends that I have overlap with that like are I'm tight with. Um, and they all come over and we get fucked up and we always play CeeLo, uh, like the dice game. That's, that was huge for us in high school and it's we still playing it in our 40s. So we're, we're, we always play CeeLo on that like the back patio table that everyone has with like that kind of like frosted glass and like the like chair, you know, like the most obvious, like I live in the Northeast and I have a yard and my parents are middle-class kind of table. We were playing CeeLo out there. My brother, who's like the youngest brother, who's like a music freak. I mean, both of my younger brothers are music freaks, but my youngest brother is a volume. He's like the king of the Bluetooth speaker. He literally has like a barrel Bluetooth speaker that's the size of like a garbage can. And he fucking puts that up. It's cranking some stupid house song, but we're all getting into the beat and we're going like, Duh! and we're stomping on the deck and it's like rattling the deck. And my mom is like sleeping in the house. We're just like cranking the music. And she comes downstairs and she's like, guys, 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 shut that music off. So my brother shuts the music off and she's like, you guys got to be careful. You're going to break the deck. And she just, and we're like, whoa. And she's like, really? And then my bro, and we're all kind of quiet. We're all fucked up. And we're all kind of like, oh shit, we fucked up. And my youngest brother just goes, puts his arms up in the air and goes, break the deck. <laughs> and like turns the music back on, cranks the volume. And we're all going, start chanting, break the deck. Like, and my mom is standing there going, stop. And like all of my oh, friends. No. I'm like 25 at the time. We're like, you know, in my late 20s. And we're all just like bouncing going, break the deck. My dad is dead at this point. We're like, break the deck, break the deck. And she's just like, like truly grownups. And it's just like, uh, I should, I asked for one thing and these guys fucking flip out. <laughs> that just made me realize like how loud we were growing up. Like how we could, like, like we had a, we had family family a family member who called us the screaming seagull brothers and it was not a term of endearment it was like we were we were like just we didn't know we didn't know how to be quiet and and to this day like i feel like i can't regulate the tone of my voice sometimes like julie my fiance will be like 
like, okay, like I have an outdoor voice too, but like, like, like I'm, I'm, I'm just getting too animated and that's having brothers too. <laughs> Dude, it's too fucking real, man. Alan, I appreciate you coming on and talking to me about all this. This was fucking rad. And, uh, I, I look forward to reading more shit that you do. You know, you're, you're covering topics that seem to be algorithmically designed to uh, hit me in the fucking medulla oblongata. But uh, <laughs> why don't you tell the shitheads where they can find more stuff and uh, more of your stuff and other things like that? Like, where, 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 should, where should we send them? Yeah, so I'm on Twitter at Alan Siegel, L-A, A-L-A-N-S-I-E-G-E-L-L-A. And you can find my work at theringer.com. I write a lot about movies and music and TV and stuff that's right in Gabrus's wheelhouse. So yeah, I think uh, enjoy. <laughs> what was the oral, what was the oral history you sent me that I loved so much? Um, I'm, I, I'm, I'm fucking, you know, weed brain right now. I can't. Oh, it's all right. Term- I would, I would think Terminator two. Is yes. It's the Cameron one. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah it's yeah. the Cameron yeah. oral history. Yeah. That's a fucking great start. Um, We'll link to an article of yours in the show notes. Uh, so if you if you're a- a curious, pop, open up the show notes right now. Click on Alan's stuff. Check it out. Alan, thank you so much. Uh, I want to plug Action Boys, of course. I think we talked about it enough on this pod that it counts as an organic native plug. And of course, 101 Places to Party Before You Die on Max for now. Dig in. Thank you, Zaslav. Thank you, Daddy Zaslav. <laughs> Thanks, John. Really uh, thank you, brother. Later. Bye, shitheads. That was a headgum podcast. In a part of the world where there are no rules. Holy shit. Holy shit, guys. Holy I'm so pumped. I definitely have not watched this since I rented it on VHS in 92. Strangers united by the threat of death. We got all the fucking major players. Seagal. Vladimir Putin is a good man. Arnold. Here, come. Give it to me. I need you to cream pie me now. Stallone. People are loving this movie. It's actually, it's got a lot of heart. Immensely irregular. <laughs> now... Somewhere, somehow, body blow, body blow, body someone's gonna pay. I would fucking love for my wife to like see me rip a guy's throat out. But they didn't count on one thing. This movie's fucking insane. <laughs> it's how you know it's a good movie. You have to do almost all the work yourself to figure it out. Oh, there's a fantasy component. Yeah. There's some yeah. sword fighting. There's some lightning. Bam, 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 bam. bam, bam. There's a new game in town. You wake up after a few years, and then you don't even know who you are anymore. <laughs> We're going to be making Terminators. <laughs> We're going to make a really great deal with the Xenomorphs. <laughs> what? I don't hate them, but I've been in a room <laughs> Yes, I understand. This is now the 20th ending of the movie. I am dark. I'm your dad. <laughs> Action, boys. Boys will be boys. Subscribe here for bonus content and more free stuff from behind the paywall. To get new episodes, become a patron at actionboys.biz. Do it. Do it. Come on. Do it now.